But my too intense stuck in iron dumps the fire of a jungler is Ford. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah. You're very welcome. It took me a while to come up with that one. I've not been chatting for a while. It's fine. For a while. For a while. You've most recently? No. I no, haven't. you were. Let's not talk about that. That's yeah. another episode. So, yeah, episode two. Why are we main in the champion? It seems like something to jump into straight away. Um, we'll, we'll get into it in a bit, but I think the, to- the reason we had the topic of main and champions is because when you start league, you want to choose a champion that you like. And what better reason to main a champion than, than being female? No, no. <laughs> I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to do my five-minute eSport breakdown. We've had uh, opening weekend of both LEC and LCS. So jumping straight into it, we'll uh, start with LEC. So bit of hit or miss. We had Rogue and G2 went pretty much as expected, uh, both going 2-0. I had G2 in second, Rogue in third, so I'm pretty happy with how that went. And then Origin and Fnatic. Oh dear. Origin beating Fnatic. So Origin had a good start in my fourth place, going 2 and 0. Oh, but Fnatic let me down against the new the new El Classico, shall we say. Oh uh, Fnatic and Origin. Fnatic going 1 and 1. See, the bottom of the table seems, other than Schalke, it seems kind of what what you'd expect really from a week one there's you know there's always going to be the outlier that we, we thought Excel was going to be a dumpster fire but they've ended up 1-1 one, one. that happens if there's only two yeah. games being played aren't there but the fact that Vitality and Misfits are towards the bottom is what we expected big talking point something that you mentioned uh, before the the podcast was whether or not the Shulker problem is a forgiven problem yes definitely so there was the big hype, Schalke, I think I put them in, let me double check, in fifth, I put them in <laughs> third. <laughs> okay, so we both had a bit of an upset there, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but yeah, is it a forgiven problem? He's been away from the game for two and a bit years, he's come back. Is it? Is he getting cold feet? Is he getting back into it? Is he having to warm up? What is it that's causing the issue? Something that I've heard is that Forgiven was a fantastic player when he's before he went away for his, his military service. But a lot of what he was doing back then, and it's kind of the comparison to would this team from 2014 beat this team from 2020? Is the stuff he was doing was fantastic back then. But then you have rookies that can come in and play the way that he was playing on their debuts. Has he had time to play a lot of league whilst he's been away for these, is it two, two and a bit years, one and a bit years, I can't remember exactly how long. Has he had time to grow with the game or is he coming back in? Sure, 2017 for, for him was fantastic, but is he coming back in, connecting straight onto the 2017 for him without having all this time to see what's going on in the meta and how the game's changed? No, I, I, I agree. So it's sort of the case is that you look at some of the other ADCs that have come into the LEC whilst he's been gone. So you've now got Cobby here, he's gone to TSM, we'll talk about that in a moment. But we've now you've had Zven come in, you've had uh, like I say Cobby, you've got Kazi this year from uh, Mad Lions. 
Reckles to a degree, okay? That's when Forgiven left and Reckles became the star ADC for Europe. <laughs> That's not to mention the fact that we had Perks go to ADC and then Perks go back to mid and Caps go to ADC. You have the mages in the bot lane. Obviously, there's, there's the introduction of new champions, but the meta is a completely different landscape. It's not just, oh, look, we see these people here. It is the game is played completely differently in the bot lane. And the mechanical skill of these players has shot through the roof with some of the newer champions that have been brought in. So maybe he's not up to the task, but I guess it's just first week. It could be first week. It is. is typical old school AD carry still the way to go? Is what Forgiven needs to figure out, I feel. Can he play something else? It took Reckless a year. We all remember his Jana, or we tried not to remember his Jana. My takeaway from this is definitely Team Vitality have performed to the level I expected them to. <laughs> they are bottom of the league. XL, pleasantly surprised. I'm very happy that they've gone one and one and they've not started like last year, as well as Rogue. I'm upset about Fnatic, but it was their own fault. I don't think that they played fairly well, but I also don't think they played bad. I just think Origin played better. It's only week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, to jump back quickly to the forgiven point, you're saying, is the traditional ADC what he should be playing? As a, another little sort of twist on that, is the typical ADC something that he can play well enough? Because I think there is proof that the, the ADC mag, Uzi, you know, obviously didn't have the success at Wells that he wanted to, but he proved that you can still play through bot lane, you can play a protect the ADC sort of game. It is possible to happen, but again, it's only week one time will tell with that. Oh. To the Excel point, I really want Excel to do well because I like Young Buck. I want Young Buck after the whole fanatic drama. Whatever gets said about that, we'll we'll leave that as that's politics of league at the side. I want them to do well because I want him to do well, but I can't get behind the team. Sure, they've gone one and one. I can't see it happening, and I just. It's almost like a frogging situation. You want it to happen, but you can't see it happening. Yeah, overall, I think a lot to take away from it. The teams we expected to do well did well. The teams we expected to not do well didn't do well. And then Schalke and XL were our big chain, our big flexes for the week, shall we say. Yeah, the they, outliers. They, they swapped places. Yeah, they, so. they, they were the exception to the rules. So it's a typical first week. Nothing You had a, a mini sort of upset, but everything else sort of lay the way it should which is the complete antithesis of what happened over... Over in North America. Yeah, over the water, shall we say. So, first thing I'm going to say is I was unaware Broxer couldn't play. I think a lot of people were unaware that Broxer couldn't play because I think a lot of people sort of were expecting that and then went, oh, yeah, he's over there, but he can't play because it... A visa. visa issue, something like that. So, doesn't change my rankings. Team Liquid, at this moment in time, I still feel are the strongest team in NA, depending on when they get Broxer. If they've got another week or two of having, I can't remember even his name, that is that they've got in Shurefire. Shurefire, that's Shurefire. the one. If they've got another two or three weeks of Shurefire, 
and they get into the midweek of the spring season, then I think they might need to worry. But for what reason when it doesn't mean anything? But I think they need to get Broxer in as soon as possible because Broxer Jensen and Broxer uh, Impact, I think they need that time. Yes, they're playing together, but on stage, they've not had that that, that time yet. Yeah, they might not gel together quite as well. Your point about Team Liquid being what you expect Team Liquid to be, my little caveat to that is that I think uh, I'm correct in saying that the quickest match of the week was the loss that they had to Cloud9. And in a week full of very long games... Very long games. A 61 and a half minute barn burner of a game. Cloud9 still beat the top team in 24 minutes. Yeah, barn burner for the TSM Immortal games is a boring barn burner. But... Should never have got sixty one minutes, but we'll get it. It, it will bring that to it. But yes, yeah. yeah. Um, like I say, Team Liquid, I probably wouldn't have placed changed them anywhere in my rankings based off of now what I know about Broxer. I think they did well to go one on one. It could they could have gone completely opposite. They could have gone zero and two. My big stay, and I'm glad I put them in third. Was C nine. Oh yeah, they played really well. I know people expected them because C9 make these weird changes and then they jump into it and they go, oh, look, it magically worked. I just don't think people expected it to work this quickly and this well. They jumped in and everything slid into place. I'm a very big critic of Sven. I'm a very massive sneaky fan, so I'm bound to be very critical as well. I enjoyed watching him play. I enjoyed seeing him in a C9 chair. It felt right. Everything seemed to be... I was like... Oh crap! What's happening to me? I, I've I, I fell off the sneaky hype train, but everything fitted together well. Uh, Licorice in the the second game, the GG game, he played typical Licorice. He got camped, but kept the pressure well and didn't die to all of these ganks, and then beasted the mid to late game. So I don't want to take away from your point at all. C9 played amazing against Team Liquid. I don't like the face you've got on you right now. The second game was Golden Guardians, who we both said are the weakest team in the league. They are the team that you look at and go, oh, it's an academy team. And then you go, wait, no, that's their full line. Well, sorry. Keith McBrief wouldn't even make it up to an academy team as a support. They got desperate. Yes, but it wasn't It wasn't the likes of the TSM Immortals where they couldn't close it out. They still closed it out pretty well. I think it was uh, somewhere around 34, 35 minutes uh, off the top of my head. It wasn't... It was what the average game time was forecast to be. It sure that they had a few moments where a couple of things were wrong early but that was just because Golden Guardians had an idea of where to attack and they did it well they went to the top lane and they tried to punish Lickers if they get a couple of those ganks off better and quicker Lickers doesn't have a chance to come back but Lickers was good enough to bring those ganks back around to his favour and keep himself in the game the typical way that Lickers does so no yeah definitely so C9 definitely um, lived up to potential uh, with the team it looks like they they did their changes at the right time they've obviously had time to gel 
and I hope it's all going well. What also has shocked me this week, and we've both said it, both Dignitas and FlyQuest going 2-0. and zero. And we yeah. FlyQuest, yes, FlyQuest, great roster, time for a wild title. They played phenomenally. They had a very good showing, especially yes. in the second game. I was a little bit underwhelmed in the first game, but they got a win, so it doesn't matter. Yep. The second game was just everything... Everything slotted into place and it just, it was enjoyable to watch. I really enjoyed that. As well as the, I, I agree, yeah, the Dignus Task game as well for me. We we're, were all wrote them off, we were saying, no, it shouldn't have got Hooney, it was two million too much. It's like, it shouldn't work. We're not even going to mention Afromo being in the team, but they pulled out two wins and it wasn't a case of two easy wins against Loki. They were good, solid games. They were good level of macro, good level of knowledge of what to do. They were expecting the team played well. There was no outliers of one area of the team being poor and being carried by someone else. Yeah, even the Monday Night League player of the week was Froggen. When I saw that pop up, I was like, oh, it's happening. <laughs> we're, getting, yeah. we're getting Froggen. It's just nice to see Froggen get the recognition he finally deserved and whether or not the team stays together and holds this this form just having the glimpses of that is is exciting it's it's not what we expected it wasn't like my my bottom three were fly dig and gg like you know gg are down there but fly and dig are joint first they are first the in we won it two zero that shouldn't be happening no definitely i think NA lived up to what we expected in the sense of is that minus the visa issue for Team Liquid, if I that game, Team Liquid C9 could have gone either way with the had Broxer. I'm looking forward to actually now seeing that game. On top of that, I can't wait to see Team Liquid versus FlyQuest. I can't see C9 versus FlyQuest. If Dig carry on with their run that game. 100 Thieves, even to a point, I actually think they were okay. They went one and one They won one game, and then the second game was a really good game. They just came short up against EG. Yeah, that's fine, because they lost to EG. I wanted to see... Which is another point that... I mentioned this, this Ven thing before. I enjoyed watching Suzuki. He seems to have calmed himself down. It didn't seem like there was that arrogant cockiness about him. There was no cockiness about him. He seems to have got himself into a place where he's like, I had a lot of hype around me, I screwed that up massively, wind your neck in, boy, and sort it out. He played a phenomenal LeBlanc game in that easy versus 100 Thieves. That was really fun to watch. And I'm sat there going, I could be, I could be turned on my opinion of, of Jizuke as long as, as long as he keeps this up and doesn't get back to this sort of cockiness. But you said that NA lived up to what we expected. In terms of how much of a mess it is, in terms of how nothing went the way we wanted it to and, and, and expected, yes, that's kind of what we expected. Yeah, I'd actually have to say that EG 100 Thieves game was my favourite game of the week because of the fact is that it was a very close game and like you say, Jizuke actually wasn't EU Jizuke. Now, is that down to him actually now being on... A well-structured, well-organised, well-known organisation in Evil Geniuses. Is it he's being paid far too money, much money to mess around and lose his opportunity? Or is he just enjoying himself again? 
I think there's a fourth point as well. Is it the fact that he's coming onto a team that he knows he isn't necessarily the star straight away? You've got the MVP as a jungler in there. Like you're not coming into into a team as the only big player. You aren't the star of that team. You think about that whole lineup. There are people who are well known personalities, well liked personalities, people who are very skilled players. He knows that it isn't the Jizuke show on EG. Oh no, definitely. And I think it's a down to earth moment for him. He's realised he is, like you say, he's not the ego of the team now. However, how does one team repeat their mistakes from last year? TSM. How do you go zero and two after signing arguably second or sorry third best ADC from Europe? Kobe from Wales played really well, spiced it, everything like that. Behind the likes of Caps last year, sorry, Perks last year and Records last year, he was arguably the best ADC that's come from Europe to NA. They get uh, Biofrost back. They upgrade their jungler with Dardoch, who I don't actually think was the reason for the losses. I don't think there's necessary. I don't think this is a bad showing. I think the games were competitive. Show the IMT game. The loss of TSM in that game says a lot more about TSM than it does about IMT. Immortals failed to close out a game where they had Nash and Elder Dragon. Well, not twice. They got that on the second attempt. But once you have Elder Dragon, it should be game over. They had Elder Dragon and Nash and couldn't close it out. The fact that TSM let it get to a point where there was no way out and they just had to just slow the game down. There was no way of them coming back. But the fact that they got... It's impressive that they kept the game going as long as it was. But the fact that they got to a point where it was unwinnable, that's the worrying thing. But all in all, I think the players played well. Kobe did, did well. Dardock impressed me. We'll see how it goes from there. Yeah, I, I'm just looking forward to the next couple of weeks. I think both regions started really well. We've had some good games from teams that we didn't expect to do so good at the start. But overall... I think it was a good, a pretty good start to both NAL and NALCS, which is not called that anymore, it's just LCS, yeah. and the LEC. One quick point before we move off this. I think it'll change as the meta settles down, potentially, and there may be some sort of changes to it come the middle of the season if it carries on this way. The Rift changes were supposed to speed up games. People were saying that a 35-minute game would be considered the average to going over average time. You're looking at anywhere between... Sort of 25 to 35, but we had a 61 and a half minute game with 18 kills in. There were lots of fights, but nobody died. That TSM Immortals game, sorry to harp on about it, but 17 deaths in 52 minutes, and then they win the game by getting one kill nine minutes later. Something's not quite worked out the way they wanted it to. But saying that, that only seems to be an A. Because on the counterpart, the Fnatic second game, 18 minutes dump. True, yeah. The, I like, feel like it's, I think it's a European meta versus an NA meta. We've not got anything really to compare about against LPL at the moment because they've had to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, LCK is we we slowly watch. We're not. It, it it's it's different. We'll be keeping our our eyes on LCK, yes. but we don't watch it as well as we don't have the time to watch yes. that many games. But yeah, I think that potentially it's. Nerfing the dragon, the one dragon, the first dragon, has probably slowed down because you get a lot more out of these tiny little like 
percentage differences in pro play than you do in our level, like in the gold elos and sort of platinum diamond. They don't make as much of a benefit from these slight little things, but when you go to pro play, you see it a lot more. So we'll see how that goes in the future. Yeah, so we'll move on from our uh, catch-up of um, esports. Our short catch-up. Our short catch-up. That ended up being a long catch-up. Um, on to the main um, topic for this week. Why do we, or you, main a champion? Yeah, should you main a champion? For me, I see it as a basis of, I main a champion because my main focus is ranked. If you are to play the game for fun, in the terms of normals, a round, the game modes when they come out or anything like that, I think it's personal preference. When it's coming to ranked and I want to climb and I want to try something and practice something... I feel like having a main, in, in quotes, is the right thing to do. Um, I don't limit it to one. So I play, for example, mid and jungle. And I have uh, two characters, or two champions, sorry, or three champions that I will primarily play in those roles. But ideally, if I get mid and it's not banned, I will play Malzahar. And if I get jungle and it's not banned, I will play Elise. Yeah, the main thing about that is that the way ranked is set up, you choose your two roles. So to choose two roles that you will always queue up with gives you the best chance of having a set of champions that you will want to play. Obviously, there's nothing stopping you from going, well, I'm going to main mid and jungle, but I'm also going to have a ton of ADCs that I like to play as well. But the way that ranked is set up, it's just natural to fall into a oh, these are my two roles, one's a main role, one's an off role, and then have a handful of champions that you play from it. Yeah, so I have it as a, as a, a general rule of is that mid-main, jungle is my secondary role. Yes, autofill exists, and you will get autofilled, and that is fine. 90% of the time, we play together. So having we very rarely we get autofilled, or if we decide to play as a different role, we're playing together. Yeah, because autofill is an option, is a, there is a chance that it will happen. You shouldn't ever be in a position where you say, oh, I don't play X role. Sure, you might not be good. Like I'm, I'm not a good mid player. I don't play the champions that are typically played there, but I will have champions that I can. If I get mid, I'll tell my lobby, I am not a very good mid. Is there anyone who wants to swap? But I'll have something to play. The, tip, the, the, the go-to thing that you see a lot is someone will go, Autofill support, don't have any support champions, don't understand the role. You can't go into ranked not understanding a role because you're shooting yourself in the foot because it's bound to happen at some point. And all it takes is playing a few games and having one or two champions that you can jump into as a, you know, just so you can get by. Because if you don't feed, there's a chance that your team will be able to carry it. But if you end up feeding, it doesn't matter how well your team does, sometimes it can end up messing up. So just having someone that you're comfortable on in each role before stepping into ranked is hugely beneficial. Or if you're someone like myself that has um, pocket picks in the sense of Oriana or Lulu that I like to play in mid that can also fit into that autofill role, don't play them as a mid laner in bot lane. Play it as if that, yeah, I've been autofilled, I've got to play uh, support, offer it out and see if someone wants to play it, but don't be a dick in one sense and say, I'm just going to play support, but then go full AP mid 
build because it's not it might work you might get very lucky and it'll work and you'll win but from experience it doesn't always work yeah don't be the angry mid laner who got filled support and play a lux or a niddly and go death cap first item into lutens it's not going to help your team there's a slim chance that you'll get really fed but then when it comes to mid to late game where you need a support you're not going to have that option and to your example there of having a champion that you can play somewhere else flexibility is key in ranked if you have a champion that can be played in multiple plays in multiple roles that covers you for those situations if i get put in mid and i'm really stuck i'm like i have no idea what i'm going to do as a champion because i don't understand the matchup against say an oriana or a morg or something i can always fall back on the champions i'm confident with quinn she does work as a mid she doesn't you don't see her very often there but because of a kit she can run extremely well so having that is is something not necessarily optimal. It's not in the meta, but it's something that you can fall back on. Yeah, so moving on to sort of the case of this, why I picked Malzahar as my main. I knew very early on that I am not mechanically gifted. I am not the faker of EU. You and I both. <laughs> okay, so I've always been the type of person that, because me and Connor play a lot together... I will push and then roam to his lane, whether that be I'm playing mid, or if I end up playing jungle, I will clear bot side, then go top side, and then get a gank top, or so along those lines. So I play to facilitate how we play as a duo. Yeah, playing to fit your play style, you're choosing a champion that works that way. We know that we're not the most mechanically sound people, so we play something that will allow us to do something else that you can benefit from in the game, which is the, the sort of macro side of things. We play champions that can work well together in terms of the roams you can join up. If you have a Miles pushing in another lane with a champion, if you're left alone in front of a turret, you can get so much damage down. You've got the extra minions, they'll tank tower shots that won't be hitting your minions. It's, it's an easy way of us gaining advantages that circumvents our weakness in the fact that we aren't going to jump in on a Lee Sin and be able to perform the smoothest insect into a Tiamat Ignite, you know, all this sort of stuff. We play in a way that doesn't necessarily... We're not the best at that either. You know, we're not great at the place, but it cuts out our biggest weakness, which is the me mechanic side of things. So, what? yeah, what we tend to normally do is we'll pick... I don't know if Control Mage is the right word for it, but... No, I think, uh, that's, I think that's right. So, but I will normally pick something that has AC, either a hard CC ability like Malzahar or a slow or a, a group up effect like Oriana or something like that. And then Con will pick, not necessarily a carry, but pick Quinn that has a nice burst output for whilst I'm in that, the person we've picked is in that CC moment. But we also have the ability there if... And it, we've seen it in a couple of games where if we get left alone in the towers, because you can extend our tower push by having minions, sure, they only take one tower hit to kill, but that's, you have three minions out. That's three tower hits that aren't hitting our regular minions. We can push for longer. Quinn has a lot of sustained DPS. Sure, she's burst, but she can also, because she's an ADC and she has the benefit of her passive, which increases her attack speed if it's propped, she can push really well, especially if she has someone to facilitate that. So not only do we have the pick potential, if left alone, we have the push potential. So we're, it's a double-edged sword in that sense. So one of the things that I would suggest that you 
kind of have to pay attention to is that if you are going to pick a main in the sense of is that for me Miles are hard playing it in I've com- I've played it mid I've played it support I've played it in every role apart from ABC over the period that I've mained it for like the last three or four years which you probably could main as ADC now if you really wanted to the way the bet yeah. is going so one thing you have to take into account is at a certain point if the champion changes do you have to change does it change in a way where if it the champion gets reworked or they change something drastically so for example on Malzahar's situation currently the ult is a fixed CC uh, it puts a void top it, controls them for two seconds you put your space aids on them you get your minions out it does a horrific amount of damage old Malzahar was nothing like that old Malzahar you didn't have minions that you control that was a passive your void zone that came with the ult that you have now was a separate ability if you didn't have that ability out to begin with when you ulted them you were just stunning them you weren't doing anything to them and I think at that point, I was quite lucky that I the change actually made Malzahar for me easier to play. But in some scenarios, there are champions that get changed so drastically. Prime examples, Aatrox, Urgot, that Kale completely different to what they were. I wouldn't want to play them again. Quinn is a prime example of that. I, at that point, saw, I think it was... Oh, I can't remember. Solo Wolf, was that the YouTuber? Round about the same time, I saw him and then Void Boy do Quinn videos where old Quinn, you had Quinn and Valor. They were they were one champion. It was Quinn and Valor, not just Quinn. You were ranged as Quinn. When you got your ult, you were melee as Valor. Your E was the same as it is now as Quinn. You'd bounce off them into the auto attack range. As Valor, you'd stick to them. You would dive on them, go melee mode, and it was a very abusable kit to have. You'd poke, poke, poke until they were low enough for you to go into, which it was an instant ult. You could go into Valor with your ult, dive on them, use the box that you bought as your first item, stick to them and kill them almost every single time. There was next to no counterplay to it. It's why I loved it, because I'm a bad League of Legends player. But when they changed it, they removed Valor as part of the kit. Valor is now a taxi. You press R to use your ult, you can fly really fast and then whenever you perform any sort of offensive move or press R again, you do a little AoE. It changed the way Quinn was played. Quinn's still a fantastic champion. It's a completely different way of playing it, but she's more of a kind of caster ADC now. So instead of being this weird ADC poke to bruiser finisher off champion, you're now just a ADC with a little bit of talent sort of mixed in. But no, yeah, so it is a case of having to adapt and it could have gone completely differently. The changes for me from how Malzahar was to now could have warranted me to never play Malzahar again and I'd be starting from scratch. Which I had in the form of Tarek. Yes, we're saying that maining champions, mastering them is great and this is what you want to do if you want to climb. But then there are outliners out there that when you find something is just too damn broken not to play. And that would be old Tarik top. Pre-rework Tarik top. Where you build a frozen fist and then just go full on tank. Because you had a point and click stun. You could stun someone, 
walk up, hit them, slow them, use more abilities, slow them, stun them back up, hit them. You'd heal everybody all the time. And it, it was just broke. We, we climbed so hard having a Tarek top. And it took little to no convincing because you jump into the chat, people go, what the hell, Tarek top? And you go, just wait, you'll see the, the effects straight away. Or in some occasions, and although it was stupidly broken, and we've done it a couple of times with different champions, Cho'Gath being another prime example oh, of it. Oh yeah, Glacial Cho'Gath is broke. Play that at the minute. Glacial Cho'Gath and take the GLP and Spooky Ghosts and you win games. If you feel that you have a champion pick that is so out of this worldly good because you can play that champion perfectly, then go for it. It's even better when you do it with a friend because it's not a case of is that you're going to be there to back them up. It's there that you can then play something to help facilitate, which is what we used to do. Absolutely, yeah. The only thing I'd say as a to know before you go into that set, you are playing the likes of a tag top, which doesn't necessarily work anymore post-rework. A good thing for you to do is, should things start going badly, don't buy into the flame because... Because the, the you're playing something that's cheese, people will instantly go to you if anything goes wrong. You will be the scapegoat. If that starts happening, just mute people. Not to say that you're hiding from your feelings. You know that you've messed up, but nothing's going to come out of it if you listen to what these people are saying because you, you are the easy target. They're going, oh, this is something I've not seen before. They're losing. That means they're a trash player. Could just be a bad game. Could be a matchup you've not come up against. So should that happen... Dive out of the chat as soon as possible. But yeah, so overall, I'd, I'd just say that maining a champion or maining a role, but don't limit yourself. If you want to climb, I feel like the main thing to do is focus around on one or two champions per role that you're comfortable playing, but also have a, a fallback in case you get autofilled somewhere. Not to say that it's wrong if you want to go a different route, but the, the go-to thing is have your, your two two roles and then pick champions that you like within those roles. A lot of people sort of have a champion that they main and then they have a few meta picks that they'll practice. I am the sort of person who, in years prior to this, I find a champion that I really like. Usually that's a, a bit of a, of a cheese and off-meta sort of champion. Uh, Sezwani was before she was uh, reworked and adjusted a little bit back in season five and six, I think. Uh, I've had like Rengar when he was released, but literally a, a monkey with no hands could have got a pentakill on release Rengar. I tend to play a champion a whole lot, learn a ton of matchups, and learn the champion through through, but that's something that I want to change. That That's not a wrong way of playing. It's if you enjoy it and have fun with it, it's what you want to do. But at the minute, I want to have one or two champions in my off roles, in, in every role, sorry, that I can confidently play and then learn what's broken the meta. If it's jungle, for a, which it isn't at the minute, for a couple of weeks, I'll do that. If it's not, because I want to get a more overarching understanding of League. A lot of people main a champion so that they can... If you main a champion, you don't have to think about how to play that champion, so you can focus on the rest of the game. That's what I did when I, I, tra- I changed to top from jungle in Season 5 and 6. If you learn a champion, it becomes second nature, and you can focus on last hitting, uh, watching the minimap, rotations, and all that sort of stuff, rather than when your cooldowns are up. If you are hard stuck, and you're just playing for fun, play for fun. Yeah. And do what Connor said, 
go in saying, I'm playing this, I want to play this, I'm enjoying it, I've played well on it, and you turn out to not play, have a bad game, just mute them. Or apologize, just say, I'm sorry, I'm having a bad game, it does, and everything like that, and just and, and change the way that you're playing normally to facilitate that game. People will flame you regardless if you say that you're having a bad game. But if you say that and don't buy into the flame, nothing can happen to you. Don't get caught up in it and get into a pissing match with someone trying to show who's the bigger man and who can say the, you know, the the most offensive sort of, you know, come back to one of the flame. Uh, one other tip I would say as a, as a, a last tip from me is. If your champion has, that you main or that you want to play a lot has key weaknesses, maybe pick a second champion that's slightly different in terms of its of its role. Not its position, like top, mid, jungle. But Quinn is countered by the likes of, of Malphite and other champions that build a lot of armour. If I have a matchup that I'm either not too sure on or that I can't play well into, I'll jump onto the likes of Nah. Because nah, sure, he has a similar playstyle because he's ranged, but then he's very tanky and then he has that engaged potential where he's kind of safe, he has a lot of CC. And you're covering up your weaknesses a bit there. If I was to play Quinn and then my other two champions I played top were Vayne and Lucian, I'm sort of pushing myself into a corner if a Malphite or a Ramus top comes along. So just be aware of your weaknesses in your champion pool and try to have the sort of secondary and tertiary picks that might shore up those weaknesses. But yeah, uh, overall I'd probably say that maining a champion is a great idea or maining it, or as we I think we've come to the terms of maining a role is a better way to, to word it. Absolutely. Yeah, it yeah, is a role. case of is that if you're happy that you want to play mid, within mid there are so many different ways. You've got control mages, you've got eight assassins, you've got you can play tanks in mid lane. You can play supports in mid lane. There is so much to do within that role. Pick a genre, so to speak, and say, I'm going to practice this for a while. But I think that's, that brings us to a close on yeah. mains and what we think of them. We'd be more than happy to see what your opinion is. Do yeah, you have absolutely. a main? Do you have something that you love to play do you have a cheese pick do you have like an off meta tarot top lane pick that you think is absolutely broken that we'd, and we'd love to hear about it are you a meta breaker or are you a meta definer do you only play the champions that are S tier or do you try and find the counters to those S tier picks feel free to leave us any sort of feedback on Twitter uh, we have a discord coming up potentially within the week it's something that I'm trying to jump onto and get sorted it will be there probably by the time you're listening to this because it'll be weeks and months and years on from the release date. Uh, but yes, we've got a Twitter. By all means, give us a follow on that. Give us a shout on that. I think the plans for the next episode is Rune Terror. It came out this week. So we want to have a little... We've both got... Well, we both... Everyone's got beta for it. We've been giving that a little play. Uh, I'm not the best of card plays, shall we say, but it looks something new. It looks something great. We both enjoy TFT. We both enjoy uh, League. So I think I'm going to give it a go over the next week, uh, see how I feel about it, and I'll give my honest opinions. I think that's, that's in between playing WoW, so there might not be that much time for Runeterra. You're saying, yes, you'll play Runeterra. I'll probably play the most Rune Terror and lead the conversation and you'll come in and go, yes, I know that card. I If you follow WoW, you know it's patch day. You know it's a new raid. I apologise. 
at least I'm here. I'm recording a podcast. If it comes down to it, it might be a solo cast next, <laughs> next week for maybe uh, eyeball deep in some rage. Sometimes it's called porn. That's getting cut. <laughs> <laughs> Something just said that's getting cut. Um, some fun, yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. But we're aim, aiming to do something like that. Uh, either a room terror or a TFT or if you think of anything that you want us to discuss, anything at all. Um, Any feedback as well. Can yeah, hopefully the audio is better this week. It should be. Um, it absolutely should be. But yeah, I've um, been Ford. And I've been Connor. And thank you for listening to Hearts That Bleed. Tentacle <laughs> 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 But it is! It's, it's all tentacle based! <laughs>